0: hello again this is charlie balfontaine and you're listening to the home buyer's hour on wcpt AM 820 where the facts matter and i will confess as much as i love this radio station i always have to look at the call letters all right because i want to make sure that i get those things right um i have with us today patrick loftus in the studio joey matthews remote and kyle harvey is with us as well and kyle i'd like to start with you please can you tell us a little bit about you and i want you to do a a short version about your transition from legal world to real estate broker world and tell us about your brokerage as well please
1: sure hi thanks for having me on you guys Uh, my name is kyle harvey i'm a residential real estate broker based out of baird and warner's gold coast office I like to say the location is the Neiman Marcus office building. Everyone nice. knows that, not the address. Um, and I uh, was a lawyer for uh, close to 30 years. Wow,
2: that's too many.
1: Before exactly, <laughs> no, no, I, the other 30. Uh, oh um, before transitioning to a residential real estate broker, and I, my mother was a residential real estate broker. Yeah, me too. Growing up. Um, she worked out of our house. So I would like to say I was her first employee answering the phone, Janice Harvey Real Estate, when I was nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. So, um, I, so love it's, it. I, I guess I've been in real estate a lot longer than I say, which is now about seven, I'm in my seventh year
0: and we're going to give out contact information sure. but is there websites phone numbers how there, do people get hold of you with questions
1: um so i have a website it is Kyle Harvey dot Baird warner So, it's not Baird and Warner, which is the name of the company, but just Mm -hmm. BairdWarner.com. So, Kyle, Harvey, all run together, .BairdWarner.com is my website. And uh, my phone number is 312-560-1032.
0: Outstanding. And did I ever tell you Patrick
2: Loftus is my favorite attorney? Uh, No, but I believe it. (laughs) Patrick, give us your contact info, please. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that I probably shouldn't do right now, and I'm gonna say WBBM. Why would you do that? Because those are the call, the call letters that always come into my mind. Because you know that that little jingle is. Uh, and we're both. gonna sing a WCPT. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thumbs down had, from the producer Devin. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, that was I, a bad I, idea. I'm pretty sure I wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah. But. Stick to Spirit Airlines. <laughs>
0: So <laughs> Spirit,
2: I'm I'm here. I'm waiting. You know Bring where to find on. me, Spirit. You know where to find me. Okay. You wanna find me, Spirit? Find me at Loftus underscore law on Instagram. Nice. Or find me at Loftus Law on TikTok. Uh calling and texting Uh, you may or may not have success uh, with that. But uh, find me, follow me on social media, DM me, and we can begin a a wonderful relationship. Sounds good. And the boomer in the room is me.
0: And my name is Charlie Belfontaine. I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors and Home Inspection University of Illinois. Um, Our website is www.thehomeinspectors, and that is a .com. The school site is H-I-U-I-L and that is also a dot com and if you're interested in joining the home inspection profession please reach out to me now uh, you can get hold of me at our phone number it's 312-544-9180 press option three and that'll bring you straight to me um and then my favorite mortgage guy joey how do people get hold of you and tell us what is going on in the world right now why, hello,
3: I'm Joey Matthews, the VA Loan Nerd. NMLS 13306. Um, you can find me across all the social medias as at the VA Loan Nerd. You can find me at my website, thevalonerd.com. If you're feeling Randy, you could text or call me <laughs> at 630. Two three five. I literally just forgot my phone number for a second. Two, <laughs> I do four. it
0: all the time. Zero five.
3: Repeat <laughs> that, please.
2: Got a little too, Randy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was going to say, I must be a real boomer. I don't even know what Randy means. And don't explain it to me. Just leave me Six out there in the He actually doesn't know what dork means. I do know that, actually. That's a whale's private part. But that's beside <laughs> oh, the point. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said that clean ago. enough. I might be getting yelled uh, at. Uh, but anyway,
3: Joe, <laughs> anyway, what's going so on with the work? got the thumbs right? up on that so, one. Yeah. Um, we, the 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 ten year treasury has been uh, yielding above a four percent for a couple weeks now, uh, and we've just seen some strong economic data, which is bad for the rate world uh, over the last uh, essentially since the beginning of the first uh, beginning of the year since the the year turned over. Um, is it? anywhere near getting close to that five percent yield level like we saw in september of 23 it is not okay good Uh, however because of the economic data that has been coming out people are getting a little bit more hawkish on the idea of the fed um dropping interest rates, um, sooner rather than later. It's not, it's not going to happen. They're not going to drop next month. They're going to continue to sit on this. They still okay. have three rate drops penciled in, okay. but they will not be happening at the beginning of the year. If, if they hit three, it will be, I would say starting July, assuming economic data starts coming in weaker and weaker, which is good for the markets, um, for mortgage land markets, not so hot for, uh, you know, <laughs> the real world. Um, but yeah that's uh and and today we had uh manufacturing index numbers come back uh stronger than anticipated the strongest they've been in seven months which is another indicator that we are seeing uh rises in production which means that companies are spending and they anticipate selling which means they are we can anticipate cpi potentially
0: coming which is I, always did. good things. Now, how many pre-approvals have you done recently? Because I got to tell you, I snuck this out two weeks ago when you were sharing that number. I got excited because I knew that a week or so later that our phones were going to ring off the hook. And boy, was I right. You know, we yeah. ended up filling out the things. So, good news. Are you still I, doing a I, lot of pre-approvals?
3: Uh, I have 44 active pre-approvals. Wow. And I have three new applications from yesterday. So
0: Okay. It's it's, uh, we're coming in before wild. Super Bowl and we're getting busy.
3: Exactly. The Super Bowl hangover, you know, and it's it's not happening yet this year. So, I, I mean, as busy as the, the first month of the year has been, I mean, in my February is looking crazy, like March, April, May, it's all going to fill up. So if you're on the if you're on the fence, get off that fence, call my number. Let's go. Make it work, right?
2: Make it work. You know, yes, sir. I've, got, I've got two closings coming up while I'm on vacation in Costa Rica. just want to throw that in there. Yeah, uh, yeah we heard it. Literally <laughs> heading to the airport after we're done recording this. And um, guess who's jealous? Uh, well, everyone should be jealous, uh, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I've been bragging about that all morning. Um, but, Joey, you know, what, one thing that comes to mind, and you know, I, I don't want to be too tinfoil hat on this, but you know, we are in an election year. You know, I I imagine we will see some efforts by our government to maintain a robust economy, uh, because you know that will influence how elections go. Happy people Um, vote happy. Vote incumbents, right, right. So you know, I, I I think there's maybe some something that will happen uh, within you know that framework to influence uh, you know just how well the economy is going. But I also think that some of the economic data is maybe uh, it's it's fooling us in a sense that uh, anecdotally I'm hearing more and more people start to, you know, kind of complain about, you know, their specific circumstance. And, you know, manufacturers are manufacturing, uh, you know, there's however many jobs being created. But, you know, the the sense that I get is that the jobs that are being created don't necessarily match the workforce that we have. And, you know, we're not going to get a bunch of software engineers applying for, you know, a job at Home Depot, for example.
0: I couldn't agree more. It's going to happen. And yeah. It's hard to hire people, but I'm going to switch. You know what? I'm not going to switch. I'm going to transition right off of that and go on there. So, Kyle, hmm. you, you were an attorney for 30 years, mm-hmm. and you decided not to be an attorney anymore, mm-hmm. and you went into real estate. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to zig zig you. Why? Why did you do something like that?
1: Well, I, I'm a big believer that you get to do something different after a while. Oh, me One. too. 1 2 I really enjoyed my legal career, but it was starting to be less interesting. Okay. I was getting less of the types of work that fewer of the kinds of transactions, fewer of the kinds of deals that I wanted to deal wanted to work on. And so I said, try something else. I, you know, I went to law school at 22. Okay. I, um, I'd always done this, and I always just assumed I would go to law school. And the answer is, well, you get to do something else. And I also wanted to be good at something, trained up, able to do it, while I was still young enough so that I could then do it into my older years. 29, into your 30s. I got into it. my 30s. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I'm the point you. was, I, I liked to work. And so it was, this was a, a job that I could do um, as I got older. And finally, I wanted to stop traveling. I traveled a lot for nice. work. Mm. And this one is very Chicago-based. Yeah, you would.
0: do a lot of listings or you do a lot of buys? I do both. You do both, okay.
1: I, um, I actually get a little more jazzed by buyers just because I like to help them find their next home and change their circumstances. They're usually so excited to get a first home. Or their next home. So, but I, I'm so grateful for my listing clients, and I've got right now three really wonderful listings, and nice. more on the way. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I feel cool. what you're saying. You know, there is something special about representing a buyer, um, and you know, there's it's 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 different than representing a seller now. From my own perspective, sellers are better because I make a lot more money off of sellers, and that's just the goofy way that uh, that that this uh, practice area is set up. Um, you know, and, and the the part of me that likes money wants to only represent sellers, but the part of me that sort of uh, likes to get their brain tickled um, is is more probably keen with representing buyers because you know there's there's really a lot more to do in terms of protecting buyers and and you you can kind of suss that out by seeing how the how the multi-board contract is is drafted for example i mean there's however many contingencies in there and they're all really meant to protect a buyer in case they find out something doing during their due diligence that uh makes them want to change their mind about the process interesting yeah
0: and now I don't know if we shared this with you. I used to be a fireman. I retired six years I didn't ago know that. and I did it for 37 years. Wow. Joey also used to be a, a fireman down. Joey, were you a paramedic as well? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, was. I wasn't even wow. a EMT, man. I was. I was a paramedic. And, you know, during all that time, I did a lot of really cool things. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually pulled people out of live buildings that were on fire. We got them out of there. Um, I delivered five babies. There's not a lot of human beings out there that could say they did stuff like that. Yeah. And, and but don't get me wrong, all the things that I did, you know, I, I put a needle in a guy's chest and another one in a person's heart, you know, trying to save their lives. Both of those people passed away; they didn't make it through. But we, they were desperate attempts, and you know, we weren't going to save them anyway. But that doesn't mean we're not going to try. when and we tried hard. But all that stuff that was really cool happened over 37 years. And then you know when you start getting involved in the real estate business because i asked you your why and i guess i'm sharing my why mm-hmm. is you know home ownership is a big deal to people and it's emotional and it, it, it's you can make or break a family and, and i mean you can literally harm a family for generations if they end up buying something that they really shouldn't be in you know and that's part of the reason why i got into this and when we finish it was always the coolest thing in the world when the client would just look me right in the eye and say thank you. Yeah. They would shake my hand with their right hand and they would hand me a big fat check with the left hand. <laughs> all right. There's nothing wrong with doing something that's rewarding and getting paid for it. That's all great. And then, same thing with Patrick. You know, everything that we do to protect those human beings into buying a house is a really huge thing. And those are the type of people that I look for to bring on to the show with me that's why patrick is here every week that's why joey is here every week they believe in what they do and they do it well because we want to help other humans all right part of the reason why i like this radio station so much is because everything here is about helping another person and that's really the strongest message that they get out there. Okay, I'm off my soapbox now. What's a check? I'm sorry. What's it? What's, What's a good? check? Well, before Venmo and Zelle and <laughs> credit card processing, believe it or not, people hand me a piece of paper that, uh, that they wrote little IOUs on there. And what was neat about it is the bank gave me the IOU.
2: Yeah, you know, well, you know, I, te- I tease a, you, but you know I, I know I paid, you know I get paid my check a lot.
1: <laughs> well, the, and and yeah. on top of that, there's a lot of research that shows that homeowners accumulate much more wealth for themselves and their yeah. families by being homeowners versus renters, yeah. and it's it's dramatic. Um, and so, you know, I, I start to hear these things that um, the next generation doesn't want to own; they want to rent. Nobody wants to own, and I just think of the impact on intergenerational wealth and on you know the, people's ability to retire at a at a certain age. So mm-hmm. I um, I'm until I hear more, I'm a big believer in home ownership as a financial vehicle for the future. My stepdaughter is going through that right mm-hmm. now,
0: mm-hmm. and I and I love her. Mm-hmm. All right, and. She's a renter right now, and her lease is up, and she wants to find another place to rent for another year. You know, and they're staying in expensive areas, so you're looking at you know a two bedroom place is going to be two thousand a month at least. At least, I think we twenty so like that's twenty five hundred. No, three thousand dollars up. Yeah. Is it going that high
1: in the expensive
0: places? So yeah. that's thirty six thousand dollars in a year that you don't get the write off. You know, and even if it's two thousand, twenty four thousand dollars is a lot of money. And you don't get to write that off. You don't get any sort of appreciation from the value of the building. You know, there, there's just, I, I just can't, it's hard for me to understand it. And I, but I do understand building wealth. And you, that means you need savings, you need real estate, and you need investments. All right? You should be diversified in all three of those things in order to build your wealth. But so, you know, she's afraid. She's just afraid. She has the money, but she's afraid. That's real scary. estate
1: is forced savings. In addition to regular savings, it is forced savings. When you are paying down the principal, you are forcing yourself to put that money away, and you will get, you know, not always, but most often, people get that money back and more.
2: Yeah.
0: I've been seeing, if you go back and, Joey, I need your help on this one, but my stupid little research shows that you're gonna make anywhere from eight to 10% of the original value of the money every year when you own a property. (laughs) What's your thought process on that? Because I know you're an investor, too.
3: I think that's well, I mean, I think it's high. I think it's high. Um, I mean, part of it, too, is obviously every time that you pay your mortgage, you're moving money from your left pocket to your right pocket, right? So you're you're not you're not getting rid of it. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Um, And to to quantify what we're talking about right now, No, obviously they collect, they aggregate data. The difference in net worth between a homeowner and a renter is two hundred and eighty thousand dollars in twenty twenty three. That's a big number. Two hundred and eighty six thousand for a homeowner net worth. I could buy
0: three Tesla trucks with that kind of money. Versus 6,000 for a
2: render. Yeah. 6,000. All, all I can think about with the Sorry, Tesla Joey. Truck is how many <laughs> how TikTok videos how, I see about what a piece of garbage that thing is. I,
3: I cannot <laughs> wait to be posting my TikTok videos <laughs> with my
2: Cyber Truck, and you're
3: going to love it. And this going to be wrapped in VA low nerd nerdiness. And uh,
2: Joey, I can't, I can't I Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. We're going to see a lot
0: of photos with it, we know. Uh, oh, yeah. So the subject. <laughs> the subject today. Uh, You sound excited there, Jerry. Uh, (laughs) A little bit. The subject today is crossover. Yeah. All right. And, you know, Kyle, I, I don't think I shared with you, you know, I'm a Human being, I'm prejudice. I know, right? Really, sure you're a human. Being? Yeah, I am. And I, I think one of the drawbacks in our society is is that word prejudice. You know, and I get it. There's some legal things about race, sexual orientation. You know, all the other stuff that comes with it that's protected under the Human Rights Act. But there's a lot of prejudice that that happens that's not protected. For example, me. I became very prejudiced against real estate brokers, all right? <laughs> I I started this business in 1993. I have been poked in the chest, I have been sworn at, I've been told I'm not allowed to do something, and then finally I just gave up. I'm like, why am I marketing or trying to build relationships with people that don't have the same value to help their client? as I did. And then all of a sudden I treated every single real estate agent the same. All right. Totally inappropriate. I get it. Human beings are human beings and there's good real estate brokers out there and there's not good real estate brokers that exist out there. One of the reasons why we like doing the show is because I get to meet the good ones and I get to decide and figure out who we are and if we're going to be a good fit for each other. So, I was toying with the idea because there. I really believe there's a lot of bad brokers out there. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be insulting a group, but I just ran into too many of them. And I was thinking with the idea of becoming a real estate broker. I'm like... We got the best reputation as far as a home inspection company goes, better than any other company, as arrogant as it sounds. Why not take that transition to helping humans and start getting into the real estate business? And then you being an attorney switching over to the real estate business, you know, I'd like to hear both views. How do you keep from still giving legal advice when you're a real estate broker?
1: Well, two things. First, before I start answering that question, yeah. great question. What is a bad real estate broker?
0: Somebody that puts their their uh, commission, somebody puts their time, somebody puts their desires in front of their, reala- their client's desires. I feel that is a bad person. We're in the business of building relationships of trust. In order to trust, that means somebody is paying us a very good amount of money. Uh, I'm getting passionate here, so everybody <laughs> needs to start laughing at me. Um, we get paid a very good amount of money to help somebody throughout their process in their life that's important to them. And when we start putting, for example, we get real estate brokers that get mad at us because we're on site for three hours. They don't want us to be on site for more than one hour. So I, I get headache calls from that. I get people, we average 70 items when we put in a report. I see them all the time, we count them up, and we add them, I get real estate broker, oh no, 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 you're not allowed to put that many in there. You know, you can only put 10 or 15 items in there. That's all we want to do. You're going to scare my client. And I'm like, you know, we scare the clients from not setting expectations. We scare the clients when something happens that they're not expecting to happen. All right. In other words, if you're driving down the road and everybody's moving, you're expecting that. But if somebody all of a sudden locks up their brakes and hits the hooks on you, you don't expect that. And you might get into an accident going in there. Does that is that fair?
1: no I do understand and I I sort of wanted to get to what is causing this influx of bad brokers and I can see sort of Pat you're gonna yeah. Patrick's gonna jump in yeah.
2: yeah so you know I think a, a bad broker um, let me give you an example okay because that question is hard to answer I think in the abstract because um, there are really a lot a, a gosh almost infinite amount of reasons why I might, consider someone to be, you know, not not up to the task, right? So, you know, for example, uh, I've had situations where a broker, uh, you know, I say, hey, would you mind having a conversation with the other broker about this, that, or the other thing? And I can just hear... In the response that they're not going to do it, right? They're just there's they're intimidated by it, or you know whatever the reason behind it. Um, and you know I think I, I then think to myself, hmm, I, I'm not sure that you know that this person is up to the task, and so then I have to kind of take more on board, uh, uh, onto my plate in terms of making sure that the client is adequately represented. Now the specific example I'll give is I had, this was years ago, I had a real estate broker who referred me a client and they were buying a condo in a high rise in the south loop. Um, Now we uh, got the condo docs and there was a rental restriction and I explained to the client, said, you know, there's a rental restriction if, if you want to rent this out, later on uh you may have a problem now they're not at their cap yet but you know just know that that that's that's there um and then you know for me and and i think charlie's the same way it's like whatever it is that you think might spook the buyer you've got to at least tell them you know this is the thing that is uh you know that is about the property and you know here's what i think about it here's what you know i advise but at the end of the day it's the client's decision Many people would view a rental restriction or a rental cap positively because the it's good purpose, for the value, it's well, good for property. Sure, values. and and the purpose is to um, have a more uh, co- cohesive community, you know, so to speak, uh, because you, it won't the building's not going to be transient with a lot of people coming in and out every year, uh, tying up the elevator and all that. Um, <laughs> but this, I, I explained that to the client. The client's like, mm, not for me. And I was like, well, you know. Take into consideration that you know if you're going to buy a unit in, in a building like this, more likely than not, they're going to have some kind of rental cap. My building has a rental cap, um, you know, because whatever. Um, but the client asked me to, to cancel the transaction, and I did. And the broker was so upset with me, he said, well, why, why'd you do that? I was like, why'd I do what? Like, I got the condo docs, presented them to the client. He, Objected to something that's in there and you know, that was that was the end of it. He didn't like that. I explained to the client a thing that the client then uh, What you know found? unacceptable and we you know, we never we never worked together again to me That's that's a broker that only cares about getting a check closing the deal and, I, you know, first of all, I, I don't know how I would have maneuvered out of that anyway. You know, Here's the docs. Good luck reading them. Um, you know, it, if, if he can read and, and bothers to do so, he's, he's going to see that and ask questions anyway. So, you know, th- th- those are certainly the kinds of things that I think a client should should know and be able to make decisions about um, one way or the other. And a bad broker is going to be someone that wants to steer you away from telling the client anything other than everything's fine. You know, let's let's just get to the closing table.
0: Kyle, I want to get back to you in a minute, but I just love that question. You know, and the fact that you asked me that and you asked Patrick that. And, and now I kind of want to hear from Joey. Joey, have you ever fired a real estate broker? <laughs> dude oh my god yeah i there's absolutely realtors i won't work with unless they are the list
3: agent i won't work with certain buy agents just because they they bring nothing to the transaction um
0: what do you expect and, somebody to bring to the transaction
3: um i don't know humility is a good one um <laughs> no. picking up the phone's a great one If if you can believe it everyone complains about lenders not picking up the phone i live on my phone but when i'm calling realtors and and they don't pick up the phone. Just uh, communication and then like the ones that are super anxious and every three seconds. I I communicate, I'm very communicative, but you can't be on me every three seconds because I have a lot of people I work with and I'm giving you updates when I get them, but you you gotta settle down, you're bringing anxiety, you're bringing a lot of pain into the relationship and I don't like it, so.
1: That's awesome.
0: And, and, and Cal was nodding her head, you know, when you were talking about not answering the phone. So I guess that's a big pet peeve for viewers too.
1: Well, I, I find that I'm um, able to pivot to the text saying I'm trying to call you. <laughs> and so they usually forget yeah. the phone. Yeah, and it may work. Otherwise, everything goes
2: to voicemail. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of I, I think the the twenty twenty four thing to do is is when the call doesn't get picked up, you text them. You say, hey, I, you know, it's so and so. Call me when you when you can. Uh, that usually works out. Uh, better than leaving a voicemail. Um, I know they've got like the new live voicemail feature on on the iPhone. Oh my I, God, I've been watching that. <laughs> I have it turned uh, off because I, I have call forwarding on um, to my answering service. But uh, still, I, I think leaving a voicemail is is plan B um, in most instances. You yeah, a text for the boomer over
0: here. I do enjoy texting far more than I enjoy talking. You know, <laughs> most and of it, us do. It's it, a freedom thing, right? It, well, plus I have I get asked the same questions. So in and this I because I, I train home inspectors and I taught business. You're gonna get asked the same question. Why not formulate the answer already and get it as complete and accurate as you can and this way all I have to do is copy what's in my notes, paste it into the texting, and my message is clear, concise, and to the point. Far from what I do on this show. Yeah, that's a
2: good point. <laughs> I, I I should I should I am not you know, you've you've said this many times and yeah. I've been like ignoring it but you know what I, I think i need to do that for some of the more common questions especially when it comes to you know 2024 is a reassessment year so it's going to be torture oh my god Ex- explaining that to every buyer is the worst
0: or when i make the mistake of answering the phone at 9 30 at night and going, no, why do did that. i just do this don't you do know that. i don't want to don't talk to that. anybody at this hour this is my family uh, time boundaries nice. yeah boundaries but i did it's my fault i can't blame anyone else
1: well, I, you know, so first of all, I am lucky that I get to work mainly with really excellent brokers, nice. brokers that I lo- learn from. And um, so that's good. And I try to be the broker that other brokers like to work with um, and that lawyers like to work with, that I'm part of the deal. Now, going to one of the, the examples you gave, Patrick, um, sometimes I... I don't want to call the other broker because I think the other broker has no say in the matter. Hmm. And I would think it will be, Hmm. we will get more done lawyer to lawyer. Because sometimes talking to a less talented agent. You are politically polite. No, no, no. But, but <laughs> sometimes let, I'll say, the, let, let the agents work this out. Because yeah. if I'm working with a talented, a top agent, where we can sort of make it work, then we won't involve the lawyers. But really, I try and think strategically yeah. of what's going to solve the problem for the client.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, you know, that's a slightly different
2: conversation, to be honest. You know, It's, it's not one where I have to go, well, all right, they're not going to but you know it, I, I, I think it's important to have those conversations about the strategy and and you know some in some transactions uh, a, a broker to- broker interaction will be more fruitful than an attorney uh, to attorney you know attorneys have what I characterize as, as mainly blunt instruments you know we have you know very tersely worded directly uh, communicated letters um, and you know we're all sort of the the alpha you know control freak personality kind of thing where you know that conversation can go off the rails if you've got the wrong lawyer on the on the other side uh, whereas you know sometimes like you said you know if there are brokers out there who once the contract is signed they're like I'll see you at the closing man um, you know they they leave everything up to the lawyer and there are some lawyers that are like you know hey I've got the contract now you go sit in the corner um, there are those yes i i don't think that is the right approach um and people are allowed to have their their other opinion about that but you know we've worked on a couple of transactions and you know i i did my very best to be you know as communicative as possible because you're an asset to a transaction just like i'm an asset to a transaction but the one one of the things that i'm not privy to without communicating with you is that I don't know what happened before the contract was signed and arrived in my inbox. I don't know that there was already a discussion about the furnace or right. the, uh, the roof or, or whatever it is. So when I get a ham-handed request from the other lawyer that asks for a credit based on the roof and then I find out from you that that was already negotiated, I can then, when I communicate to my seller, I, I send them the letter and I go, hey, don't worry about you know Section 8B that asks about the roof. I've already talked to Kyle. She told me that you guys had uh, discussed it. I know that this lawyer didn't do the same thing and that's why this is in here. It's not the seller taking a second crack at it necessarily, it's the lawyer. It ha- there's a disconnect on the other side of the transaction. Those kinds of communications, I think, are super important because don't don't. you can head off a an and you can it's head shut off down. an angry response because because the sell the seller is just as on tilt as the buyer is. The seller mm-hmm. comes in, they think the buyer is trying to take advantage of them. Likewise, the buyer is <laughs> feeling the same way about the seller. It's <laughs> emotional, It's right? <yeah>. Adorable. So, <laughs> if if you can blunt the the impact of that ham-handed request you can then i think head off a potentially uh you know the acrimonious uh transaction going forward now
0: we're getting a little over halfway time i'd like to go around the horn please
2: patrick if somebody else has questions on this how do they get hold of you I think the best way to get a hold of me is on social media. Trying to trying to build my following. So you know, the, to the tens of you out there, tens t- of you, take out Millions. your phone. Take out your phone uh, unless you're driving. Then you know, pull over. Take <laughs> out your phone. Open up Instagram. Follow me at Loftus underscore law L O F like Frank T like Tom, U S like Sam. If you're listening instead of watching, also follow me on TikTok. I'm trying to get to a thousand followers on TikTok so I can start going live. And how exciting would that be for you guys? So that to the tens of you at Loftus Law, come find me. Come interact. I post a lot. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to be speaking uh, to nobody.
0: I'm going to end up doing and You know, that brings up a good point. I saw a post. And, again, I'm a boomer, so I'm more on Facebook. Um, I saw a post on there saying, how do you help a small business? You know, all you have to do is go on there and invite people to like Patrick's TikTok thing. You know, we, it costs nothing. And it, and it helps up. You know, these small businesses, these friends, these people that you want to support. I'm not asking for much. No, you're asking for just a little little click of a phone screen. Yeah. Uh, my name is Charlie Balfontaine, Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Please check reviews, and you're going to be pleasantly surprised on everything that you read about our company. Our website is www.thehomeinspectors. That's plural. That's an ORS, and it's a .com. If you're interested in joining the home inspection profession, please consider us. At Home Inspection University of Illinois, that's H-I-U-I-L dot com. We do keep most of our online classes free. It's only the live classes that we end up charging for. So if you want to learn about building sciences and you want to watch all our videos, please reach out. 312-544-9180 will get you
2: access to everything. It won't cost you a penny at all. Fighting the good fight against that Chicago accent. The home inspector. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, I do get asked that. Well,
2: how do you spell that? Is that
0: D-A? No. No, it is not. It's T-H-E. Joey, give us your contact info, please.
3: Why you Why? can call or text me at six three zero two three five two four zero five. Follow me at the VA Loan Nerd or just go to the VA Loan Follow me on social media as at the VA Nerd, where I am gonna help Patrick get to that one thousand follower plateau, man. What a Let's guy. go. That's
0: no, this is, no lie. This,
2: this is my guy right here.
0: And then Kyle, please can you give us your contact information and then. I want you to go back once you after you finish finished giving us your your contact info to the transition part and also how do vendors, you know, who tell me the difference about staying in your lane and crossing over? All right, please
1: um Kyle Harvey at um, oh, Kyle dot harvey at bairdwarner.com dot com is my email. I'm uh, my website is Kyleharvey dot dot com. Uh, my Instagram is at Kyle Harvey, C-H-I, Shy, um, And going back, to, and 312-560-1032. And you do your own podcast, right? And you've got a YouTube channel. What is that? We call it Monday Morning Coffee with Kyle and Ann. And I'm on with the very talented Ann Rossley, who's also a Baird & Warner real estate broker. She's been in the business for Twenty plus years, and um, is and we have a fun show. You can see it on my YouTube channel, which is Kyle Harvey Shy, Chi C H I, and uh, we talk about real estate. We each week we give an update on the stats of the market. We focus, both of us, focus on the lakefront neighborhoods, um, just because that's the ones we're knowledgeable about, um, and so we really focus on that part during our stats about what's going on in the real estate market. And this week, the one we just did on Monday, we focused on what was going on around the country and uh, some of the things that um, Joey talked about when we when we started with the rates, we covered a little bit of that. Nice. And yeah, so.
2: All right. Go yeah. follow her. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen it. You guys do a little, like, you get, you get around the neighborhoods, you do some fun little stuff. And, yeah. you know, absolutely worth uh, checking out, especially if you're someone who is um, going to dip their toe in, in any, of the re, uh, any
1: of the real estate in those neighborhoods. You know, it's funny. We have real estate brokers who watch us. Yeah. I, I was like, what do you mean you watch us? Why would you watch us? They're like, oh, we want to see what you guys do.
0: Same like, okay, here. Nice. You know, same here. People want... You know, we always get top-producing brokers that do that are willing to share what makes them successful. You know, their so-called secret sauce, which really isn't a secret. Just do it. Yeah. All right. And but anyway, I want to keep focusing okay. on okay. the crossover <laughs> and the vendors.
1: Um, so, listen, I believe that um, information, like you, Patrick, information in the hands of our clients, either them buyers or sellers, is key to a successful transaction. And by successful, it means achieving their goals, allowing them to say, I made the decisions about mm-hmm. what is happening. I, I had some modicum of control during this transaction, and, and I'm satisfied with the outcome.
2: We had something interesting come up um, in one of the attractions tractions? Transactions we worked on. Uh, it was a single family detached home uh, in the Bridgeport neighborhood. Um, do you, do you remember? You know, how, how did we navigate that? I don't remember which one, which part oh, was because okay.
1: it, it wasn't challenging to me, but it's interesting. <laughs> Tell me.
2: Yeah, no, this was the one where there was an, um, an, a a building permit that hadn't been closed. Oh out. right. Um, and you know, our our clients were are very meticulous people. Uh, they're both lawyers, um, so the, there were four four lawyers uh, involved in this transaction. Imagine that, just on the one side. Okay. Sounds like fun. And you added another. Uh, well, I mean, th- there'd be at least one on the other side as well, right? So yeah. you know, lots Holy of cow. lots of people who are extremely analytical. Um, but you know, the, these uh, these two people, I the, I, I know them uh, outside of uh, you know they're, they're friends of mine, uh, IRL, not just uh, in, in the real estate world. But um, you know, we we talked it out a lot. You know, what what you know, how could this come up in the future? Um, you know, when you have outstanding permits, uh, it's probably not going to come up at least I'm talking to Chicago uh unless you apply yourself for a building permit to do something later on uh fence you want to rebuild your garage um mm-hmm. and th- that was sort of that was a, a lot of where the conversation uh with the clients was going and and we we talked it out with the seller I think the seller was actually you know they 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 went um, you know, they took some steps. They could have said, "Look, it's not our problem. You want know, to buy the house or not? We've, you know, we've got six other offers." Um, you know, they they called the building department. You know, they 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 went, I think, a little bit out of their way, uh, and I, and I think they, you know, in good faith. I mean, it, the result wasn't exactly what we were hoping for in terms of we want everything to be perfect, but the way it ended up is that they were like, "Okay, we understand the risks here, and we still want to buy this place," and that's. That's the kind of decision I want my client to be able to make. And I want them to call me in 2 years and say, "Hey, you know, why didn't you pick up this permit uh, that wasn't closed out?" And you know, we we're trying to do something else and now we've got to, you know, spend 25 grand closing Aren't out this, this permit. That no, that was about. that
1: was excellent because yeah. they did have plans mm-hmm. to do possibly something else on that property and to to know and be able to have the power to make their own decisions mm-hmm. about it was excellent. No, it, it really was. It was very good. And I um, I want my, I want the lawyers to do those things, um, not to not find things, to actually find things.
2: Yeah. And you talk it out with people. I mean, it, it wasn't a deal breaker in, in this situation, you know.
1: But also, luckily, um, on the other side was an agent who recognized that, Anything we raised, the next buyer would Mm -hmm. likely raise, and you at least had cash buyers who are ready to close in a short amount of time, who are ready to go, but the seller really did have to do something to make whoever was going to buy it comfortable.
0: But that's, again, it's the knowledge. Knowledge is power, and that's what they pay us for. And the more we know, the more we give, the more we trust, and that's what you did, you built the trust, Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the client by getting their stuff ahead of them. And, and looking up permits in the city of Chicago is not a hard thing to do. No. Well, But it's, here's
1: an example, something I learned very early on. My second say. listing, um, friends of mine had sent this to me. It was a house in Arlington Heights. It was one of those ranch houses that was built um, after the war, and it was the first time it had been sold. Wow. And, um, and we put it on the market. It sold. It went under contract quickly. They did an inspection. And the first buyers went away because of the inspection. And I said to, um, I talked to the client and I said, I think what we want is the inspection report. And so we went and got the inspection report. And the inspection report showed that there was a problem with the foundation, Mm. that there was a crack in the foundation. And I said, we put it back on the market, took a couple of thousand dollars off, because this was was only a $220,000 property. Um, took a couple thousand dollars off and posted the um, inspection report in one of the public documents. So they got, everybody got to see it. Mm. We got the same price. Interesting. Because the point was sharing of knowledge allows people to make ends. Mm-hmm. Because we hadn't known that there was a problem with the foundation before, we couldn't share that. We couldn't be proactive and share that information. What was the problem anyway? Eh, Do you remember? Crack, it was a cracked foundation. Just a small crack. No, it was a big crack. <laughs> yeah, it affected the basement. Yeah, you no, know, it was it
0: Affected the basement by water coming in or no, no, because no. it was a structural deal?
1: It was a structural deal. The next right. owner was going to have to redo the whole thing. But guess who the buyer was? A contractor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In fact, yeah. foundation problems. I, You know, we just had this conversation because of the Zoom calls I told you I do. And I was talking with the client. They're looking at these cracks that are on here. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's definitely shifting. You know, so we do have a two directional movement. And they go, well, should I get a structural engineer out here? I'm like, why? You know, the, in order to do a structural engineering evaluation, it's going to take six months. You know, why don't we just plan on fixing it yep. and, and get the contract to repair out here? You know, and, and you're looking at like every peer that they have to do to underpin something. You're looking at about two grand to do that. You're going to need at least two. And then you end up having one for every five feet in the horizontal run. All right. So you can add up two, four, six, eight, you know, how much it's really going to cost and be in the ballpark. And again, it goes back to how much and who pays. And if you want to get a fix, get a fix. It. But long as you tell them what it is and the sooner you do it, the better off it is. And now you're going to now I'm going to run in here and start twitching and saying, why don't listing agents want to do pre-listing home inspections. Why is that a, such Fear. a hard thing here in Chicago? Fear?
1: No, it's, I'll tell you what it is. Please. So I've, I've I had a luxury listing in Bucktown and um, I said to my sellers you bought this place seven years ago. Um, it looks great but you are, we're pricing it over three million. It needs to look better. It needs You need mm-hmm. to have ticked everything off, and the best way to do that is a pre-listing home inspection. And they said, they ultimately agreed with me, and we did it. But they said, I don't want to have to spend money to fix it up. I want the buyer to have to do that. And I said, it's going to come out of the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that it, I can that show this document and the receipts with that... It'll go a long way to selling it. And the answer was yes. And we succeeded. But I just, there are people who say, but I take such good care. I don't want to do it because I don't want to have to fix things. Well, it's going to
0: cost you more. You. Patrick, go yeah. back me up on this one. Whenever there's a contractor out there, there's three things. All right. When you're going to go ahead and start figuring out to get stuff fixed, it's either going to be good, fast, or cheap. You only get two. And when you're in the real estate transaction, it's gotta be fast. So you gotta get rid of good, or you gotta get rid of cheap. One of those two. When you do it ahead of time, now you got time. So now you can go ahead and do it good and cheaper. You know,
2: but the, the well, quality is more important. Yes, yeah, so someone at that price point has going to have certain expectations. You know, if, if it yeah. looks if it looks a bit shabby, and you know, one thing I think to to make note of is that when a buyer looks at something, they're going to have to do they they price it in their head at maximum or plus, right? They go, ah, it's going to I got to paint this thing. It's ten grand. Eh, well, you know, maybe maybe you get a painter out there for four grand. Um, now you have. You've taken control over what those costs are are or might be, right? And I think, as Kyle said, it's it's going to come out of the price, and and you're not going to you're you're going to not you're not going to like it. Well, there's like another here's, home here's inspector.
0: Let me interrupt real yeah. quick. There's another home inspector friend of mine that's watching us right now, and he just typed up there. I wish more sellers would be proactive with home inspection, which can save them money upfront versus having to negotiate later and lose money. Yeah. And then uh, so I, I think that
1: he's speaking to your point as well. Thank you, Wayne. Surprises well, but kill deals, right? Yeah. Well, it also depends on the price point. For example, the um, transaction we worked on—the sale of their existing home—that thing was going to sell no matter what. We didn't have to do an home inspection because um, it's we. It's a very cool property. Very cool property where. There's almost nothing on the market. We had I had two open houses before we were accepted, you know, had best and finals due at the end of the day on the on the weekend and I had four strong offers right behind it. So there there was nothing but power. And it was priced where it was going to sell, so always the buyer was going to have to do the work themselves. And uh-huh. it worked out. But,
2: uh, the seller still kicked in five grand toward uh, uh, repairing the HVAC because they're lovely people they are <laughs> yeah, but that
0: brings up another point you know right now in New Jersey they're presenting and I'm talking about the state they're they're uh, they're I don't know they're trying to make it into law that you cannot waive a home inspection or you cannot put that on the on the actual contract that the home inspection is going to be waived coming oh. in there. And so they can't use that as a decision factor of who I'm going to sell this to. I don't and like that, that. Well, tell me why. Because uh, well, I why. do like that. Well, yeah,
2: of course you're in snowtown. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <here's laughs> ah, still here, guys. <laughs> I know. Jump in more you know, when you get there. All leverage. <laughs> you
1: want to always all have always have leverage.
2: Well, look, uh, uh, Charlie, you're fond of saying you know freedom is a very important value to you, and you know limiting. It is what someone can do takes away some of that autonomy. And, you know, I, I can understand why they would suggest that is a good idea because an unwitting buyer who gets bad advice from a bad broker might end up in a bad situation. But I don't I don't love that I'm going to sound so, you know, like I've... No,
0: just be honest, that's I, all. I,
2: I don't, you know, I, I don't mind regulation. I think in in many ways, uh, regulation can be a very good thing. I think in this instance, it's a, it's an overstep. That's my okay. opinion.
0: And my, my thought process on this is I don't want to force people to do home inspections. That's not where I'm going. And I still believe that they, you know, like in this situation here, if it's as is, it's as is. If you're not going to negotiate, you're not going to negotiate. But, but in all reality, you really should know what it is you're buying. And you still have that choice to proceed or not proceed. And then for somebody to say, I'm not going to have a home inspection just to make me more attractive as a buyer, you know, I, 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 just, I think that harms. I think that
2: does more harm than good. Well, you know, just wait till the market turns. I mean, we, you know, we all think right now in terms of you know, how the market is and how much leverage sellers tend to have. I say tend to have because each real estate transaction uh, has its own character. And so, you know, uh, I've said it before and, and I'll, you know, repeat myself once you're under contract. The market is sort of irrelevant, okay, because you're not in the market anymore. You are in a, um, you know, in an, in, an engagement, uh, so to speak. So, yeah. you know, just because uh, you're very attractive, I mean, you, you you're you're in a committed relationship at that point. Um, so, you know, we gotta love the dating, right, Joey? Sure. So at, th- at that point, the, the, always, baby. The yeah. the, re- the relationship changes, but um, the the market is going to uh, to shift over time. A lot of people uh, either weren't old enough to remember what 2008 was like, or they've got short memories. I remember from about 2008 until let's say 2014, it was very much on the side of the buyer. And that was a whole different market. Before you would never see uh, someone waive an inspection unless they were looking to like, just tear the place down and build something. Because, you know, why do you need an inspection at that point, really? But, um, yeah, it's, the market will shift, and that law will feel a lot less relevant. And then we'll have a whole new set of you know, concerns and, well, you know, buyers have too much leverage. It You know, it's always it goes changing. the other way around. Right. It's, it's always... a pendulum swing. hundred percent.
0: I get all that. I'm going to do a little bit of a subject change because we are getting to the end of our time frame. Oh, good. Three minutes and you're going to change. The I always do. Joey, I'm going to need your help with this one, because I know, you know, this gentleman. So I told you before I was a fireman for 37 years and there's a young guy up in Northbrook. Actually, he's not young anymore because he's been doing uh, photography of. Uh, fires and i mean just about every tim. single fireman tim absolutely every single fireman in the entire chicagoland area knows this guy his name is tim oak he does get can- he does have cancer right now and he's been going through a bunch of different surgeries and you know the money's running out so we've been doing a GoFundMe thing and i received a few phone calls from other retired firemen they really know and love this gentleman um And if there's any way that I could get people to go ahead and look up his name, T-I-M-O-L-K, Tim Oak. And then I'm sure you'll be able to find a GoFundMe page. And you've met Tim too, right? Joey?
3: Yeah. Tim has so many pictures of me on his website, it's silly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Same thing. I actually look like a superhero fireman, you know, because of all the stuff that he does. But that's not why I like him. He just does a lot of good documenting. He really believes in his heart that, uh, you know, firemen are are just, well, they're heroes, quite frankly. And they go out of their way to help other people and make their lives better. So if I can get anyone to please visit that, please visit that. We do have only about a minute and a half left. So Kyle, I'd like to start with you. Please give us your contact information again. at
1: Kyle.Harvey.BairdWarner.com is email. KyleHarvey.BairdWarner.com is website. And 312-560-1032 is my cell. Um, One more time with that phone number. A little bit slower, please.
0: 312-560-1032. All right. And I am going to say hello to my favorite home inspector, David Engel. I know he's listening, too. Uh, Patrick, how do they get hold of you? Uh, you know, don't, and I'm
2: fickle. Don't worry about me. Um, you know, Tim Olk, guys, um, you know, I'm jumping on board that. T-I-M-O-L-K. Thank you. Go to his GoFundMe. Don't worry about yeah. me. I'm good. I love it. And Joey, please.
3: I'll leave it with the same thing as him.
0: Woo. Boom.
3: no. you go, baby.
0: Yeah, he's just a very loving man. And um, actually, you know, just to put a little more sorrow on it, um, I just know that his wife, who was working at the same place for over 30 years, just got let go. Mm -hmm. You know, so now they're kind of hurting for a little cash when it comes to that as well. So, yeah, it's a sad thing and it's something personal to me. I'd also like to give a special thank you to Devin Tingle. Devin's our producer, and he's the one that actually makes us sound somewhat decent. Uh, again, my name is Charlie Balfontaine. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, WCPT AMA 20, where the facts matter. And again, my name is Charlie, and I am out.